Welcome to the Italian Financial Advisor podcast, exploring all aspects of your financial life in Italy. I'm Andrew Lawford with the Spectrum IFA Group. Hello everyone and welcome to today's podcast, which is going to explore the topic of trusts in Italy. It quite often happens that when people move to Italy they need to rethink the holding structures that they have put in place for their assets. And if there's one overarching message that I want to get through to you today, it's that whatever your situation is and however your assets are held, moving to a different jurisdiction from that in which those structures were set up will mean that you should have a close look in order to check if they are still fit for purpose. This applies as a general rule for any new place you decide to go and live. But this podcast is focused on Italy, so let's start exploring the idea from the point of view of Italian residents. First things first though, as I hope you're all aware, once you become resident in Italy, you get taxed on your worldwide income. So if you receive income from a trust, or are otherwise connected to a trust, and you are resident in Italy, this is definitely an issue for you, even if the trust itself is set up and run from somewhere else. If you are in doubt about your residency status, I suggest you consult our free tax guide, which is available in the Italian section of the Spectrum website, spectrum-ifa.com. Now it's time for an existential question. Do trusts even exist in Italy? This might seem like it should be simple to answer, but as often happens with these sorts of technical issues in Italy, there is some background that you will need to understand first. If you come from a country with a common law system, the UK, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, the US, places like that, you will probably almost take for granted the existence of trusts, given their wide-ranging use in wills, for asset protection purposes and for charitable ends. Trusts are based on the concept of equity, which is distinct from a legal right. And in fact, as most of you will be aware, there is an important distinction between legal and equitable ownership of a given asset when a trust is set up. The trustee has legal ownership, whereas the beneficiary of the trust enjoys an interest in the trust property based on equity. This simple distinction, which we take for granted in common law systems, doesn't really work in the civil law system upon which Italy and much of continental Europe is based. It's something of a round peg in a square hole, But let me explain better. I hate to do this, but I'm going to cite a little bit of legal stuff, so please try and stay with me. Article 832 of the Italian Civil Code states that ownership confers a full and exclusive right to enjoy and dispose of an asset. Now, seeing as a trustee does not enjoy full and exclusive rights to trust property, because they are essentially managing it for the beneficiaries, This meant that in order to be able to recognise trusts, Italy essentially had to import the concept from abroad, and it did so only when it ratified the Hague Convention on Trusts, which came into force in Italy in 1992. To this day, there is no Italian trusts legislation, so if you did decide to set up a trust in Italy, you would be forced to choose a foreign trusts regime to govern its operation. Now, ratifying the Hague Convention should have been the end of the story, but really it was only the beginning, because confusion reigned as practitioners and courts tried to figure out exactly how trusts fit into the greatest scheme of the Italian legal system. There are a number of other structures out there, 
which may share some attributes of trusts. Here is a list of some of them. Intestazione fiduciaria. The fiduciaria is an Italian trust company, but it doesn't count as a trust because beneficial ownership doesn't change. Then there is the fondo patrimoniale, which is a kind of fund which must be used for a limited range of family purposes. There is the patti di famiglia, which help to ease the generational transition in, entre- in entrepreneurial families. There are life insurance policies, which are often used in inheritance tax planning, asset holding companies of various sorts, and probably other instruments that I have neglected. It took until 2007 until the Italian tax office, the Agenzia delle Entrate, came to the rescue and decided that if trust structures were recognised, they could be taxed. So, to paraphrase the famous philosophical principle, at least as far as trusts in Italy are concerned, they can say that, I am taxed, therefore I am. Or if you like the Latin, taxor ergo sum. Becoming subject to Italian tax is really a cause for celebration, and in the case of trusts, they became subject to what is known as IRES, or Italian Corporate Taxation. Even this was only the end of the beginning for trusts and the definition of their fiscal profile, because there was also the thorny issue of how assets should be taxed when being moved into and out of the trust structure. Some thought that assets should be taxed on the way in, with the transfer being considered along the same lines as gift duty and inheritance taxes. Others thought the assets should be taxed on the way out, when they officially became the property of the trust's beneficiaries. The Italian Supreme Court thought that it might be fun to do a bit of both, and although the general consensus now is for taxes to be levied at the moment the property is transferred out of the trust to the beneficiary, you really can't be 100% sure of this. Along with this, there was also a distinction made between trusts that should be taxed on a transparent basis and those that should be taxed in their own right. And here we start getting into the heart of the discussion for someone who has moved to Italy and has some interest in a trust set up in a foreign jurisdiction. And please note that when I use the term foreign, I mean non-Italian. You see, the big problem we have is that trusts are instruments that are extremely flexible and can have a wide range of terms, whilst the Italian civil code and taxation law loves to try and fit everything and everyone into neatly defined boxes. But let's look at some practical examples, which should hopefully make the issues a little clearer. Imagine that you have arrived in Italy and are now residing here. You are sole trustee and beneficiary of a foreign trust that owns financial assets that are held outside of Italy, maybe in a managed account looked after by an asset management firm your family has used for generations. You have total control over these assets and can decide if and when to distribute both income or assets, and also have the discretion to wind up the trust whenever you choose. The trust suffers little or no taxation in the jurisdiction it was set up in. In this case, I have some bad news for you. While your trust might formally be recognised under Italian law, it doesn't really exist for the Italian tax authorities, who will expect you to declare all assets and income as if the account was held directly in your name. Even if the trust is paying tax in a foreign jurisdiction, 
the best you can hope for is to be able to offset the tax paid against your liability in Italy. Certainly, you'll have a job on your hands to make the tax declarations properly, so you'd better find a good commercialista, the Italian version of a tax accountant, to manage the whole process for you. Oh, and if the trust pays tax at a rate higher than 26%, you might actually be worse off than if you held the assets directly in your own name. On the other end of the scale, we have the situation where an individual who has moved to Italy is amongst the numerous potential beneficiaries of a discretionary trust. The trust is controlled by a trustee over whom you have no influence and maybe has been set up through the will of some generous benefactor. On occasion you get a payout, but much depends on the income available for distribution and on the competing beneficiaries who may be able to make a better case for receiving funds. You have no access to the capital of the trust, which will vest in some charitable institution at a given date in the future. Under this type of scenario, you will likely be liable for Italian tax only on the amounts effectively received, and the trust will be respected as an autonomous entity due to your, local, your total lack of control over it. Most situations that we come across are somewhere in between these two extreme examples, and each case will have to be decided on its merits. But it should be quite clear that the more control you have, the less likely the trust will be considered to be an independent entity from you. There is also the distinct possibility, which also exists for foreign companies controlled by Italian resident shareholders, that the trust itself will be considered a tax resident of Italy, even if set up abroad. This might mean that it would become liable for IRES, the Italian corporate taxation that I mentioned earlier. Whilst doing my research for this podcast, I discovered the thorny issue of testamentary trusts, those that get set up as part of someone's will. I soon realised that there is a special place in asset administration hell reserved for testamentary trusts in Italy, so I decided to discuss the issue with a solicitor who deals with these situations on a daily basis. I'll let her introduce herself. Hello, I'm Jessica Zama. I'm a solicitor at Buckle Solicitors um, based in London. I am an expert in Italian estate administration law, so I deal with uh, wills for clients who have assets in Italy um, and uh, succession law in Italy. Uh, so I assist clients whose loved ones, relatives or friends have died leaving assets in Italy and I help them through the whole procedure we got to discussing the simple situation where a British national with some assets in Italy made a will in the UK to deal with their worldwide assets. As is customary, the will names executors and trustees to manage the distribution of the estate. The problem was that this will named a trust. So I had to deal with the Agenzia dell'Entrate, and even back then, and we're talking about 2012, the the concept of trust was very unknown still. At least it was in, in a will such as that which I was dealing with. So uh, the agents the the agents dell'entrata insisted that um, an actual trust be set up as an entity with them. 
And we try to argue that the will was um, English and therefore English rules should apply and that there was no need to set up a trust, but they didn't listen to us. So they insisted on that. So there were there were other tax consequences and other com- bureaucratic complications which delayed matters. And ultimately, we managed to resolve it, but um, it did create a few issues there. Did, did it add to sort of costs of administering yes. the, the, the estate? It did, yes. In my fees in trying to sort it out with the Agencia de Lintrate, who, as you know, aren't the most, um, they're not the easiest people to deal with, especially when three people say three different things. Ah, yes. Three people saying three different things. Does that ring a bell for anyone? The more unusual your situation, the more likely it is that you'll get differing interpretations and opinions of what you might assume would be simple issues. Let's hear how this one ended up. But I do remember that at that point there was a circolare of the Agencia uh, Lentrate specifically dealing with foreign trusts and will, and that had come out. So they were pretty adamant that the uh, trust would have to be set up, which if you, you know, if you, in a straightforward UK, English will with a trust, um, this should not be necessary. A trust is set up to make everyone's life easier but um if you have the name trust and a will and you're dealing with an estate in italy it will complicate matters so you might think that wasn't really so bad well next we discussed a will left by an italian national who was residing in south africa again the will dealt with worldwide assets and named an executor and trustee to deal with everything including the italian assets which amounted to some shares in listed companies deposited with an Italian bank. Fairly easy assets to deal with, at least in theory. But that has been going on since 2007, the man died, when the man died. I'm the third lawyer trying to deal with this. And the reason for that is that the bank in Potenza has been incredibly difficult and has been relying on Italian law with regard to executors and trustees and saying that uh, we needed a court order in order to sell the shares. And so we have been trying to, first of all, we spent uh, quite a bit of time trying to argue that South African uh, laws on trusts and uh, executors applied and not Italian laws, but they said that because the deceased was Italian, an Italian national, then Italian laws is applied and you know we're still waiting for the court order for from Potenza. 13 whole years to convince a bank to let an executor named under a foreign will dispose of assets. It can't get much worse than that. Or can it? This particular story isn't finished yet. We deposited the declaration of succession because we needed that to attach to the we needed we needed to attach that to the um, the claim form that we sent to court. Just asking for a simple order authorizing the executor trustee to sell the shares on the beneficiary's behalf. And um, so once the declaration of succession was lodged in with the Agencia Lentrate, the Agencia Lentrate obviously sent a request for the inheritance taxes, which uh, then we asked to be paid in instalments. And this was, this was last year. Uh, we, lodged our, um, we lodged our claim form with the Court of Potenza in May, and we still haven't had um, a court order. And these taxes 
because they're not able to pay, they don't have that much money. They've been paying tax. They paid one installment and are now overdue on taxes for something they haven't received. Paying inheritance taxes on an inheritance you haven't actually received. Not even the most obtuse individual when making out their will would wish this kind of situation on their heirs. The real tragedy in all this is that it really didn't need to be this way. As Jessica is about to explain, succession in Italy should be a fairly simple affair in most cases. Just as an aside, I recently had her look over my affairs, and the advice I received was that being intestate in Italy would be my best option, whilst I have a will made in a foreign jurisdiction dealing with my non-Italian estate. I am feeling fine, by the way, but it's always a good idea to keep everything up to date. The best thing this person could have done, and what I always advise my clients when they have assets in Italy, is to, you know, to, to contact an expert in that jurisdiction. For example, if someone has assets in Italy, um, to write a separate will dealing just with the assets in Italy and not naming an executor unless it is strictly necessary and not naming a trust because that's not needed either. Um, and then and then obviously, if, you, if that person wants to create a will with a trust and executors in, in the other jurisdiction like uh, the UK or South Africa, then they are perfectly able to do so. But they are, I, I really discourage having both uh, a trust or an executor named in a will dealing with, um, with Italy because the beneficiaries are the administrators of the estate automatically. So there's no need to name an executor. So if you don't need an executor, don't name one. Because as you've heard, they could end up creating a huge amount of confusion. And even if your heirs aren't familiar with the Italian system, they can always get help when the time comes. We also discussed trusts in the context of forced airship rules in Italy. As you probably are aware, certain categories of people are guaranteed to be able to inherit something from your estate. Jessica told me that it's against the Hague Convention to use trusts to circumvent these rules. You are not, you know, you're not allowed to use trust instruments to escape to um, escape from the forced forced airship rules. So, if, um, if you do create a trust and leave everything to one child and not the other, the child who has been left out then has a claim against the trust. Um, for, for the amounts that were rightfully his under the civil code, the Italian civil code. And, and that would lead, well, I mean, in the first instance, presumably to a whole lot of legal fees and, um, and problems for all of the years, not just the, the one who was challenging exactly. it. Exactly, because it probably wouldn't get to court because it's such a, you know, they'd have to, because the, the, the beneficiary who wasn't left out doesn't have a, a chance, so they would have to agree to come to an agreement, uh, and uh, they would have to go to a notary. That's other fees and reintegrate that heir. And yes, it would just create more more time, more costs that could easily have been avoided with a simple will, leaving leaving all the assets in the correct quotas to each heir. Going back to one of the main messages from this podcast. It's the importance of taking very seriously the interaction between the various jurisdictions that you're involved with. 
Now, I know that no one moves to Italy thinking, oh, great, so now I get to study the interaction between the legal systems of multiple countries as it pertains to my affairs. But at the same time, if you don't pay attention to these aspects, you or your loved ones might end up paying a high and, above all, unnecessary price for your lack of attention. Here's how Jessica describes it. The simpler it is in Italy, the better, because it's complicated enough. If ever there was a good planning concept, this has to be it. Let's hear it again. The simpler it is in Italy, the better, because it's complicated enough. Now, I really don't want to imply that trusts have no place in Italy, but I think you can agree that they need special consideration, both if you already have one or if you are thinking of setting one up. A trust may, in actual fact, be the best structure for you to provide, for example, for a relative with special needs, or for some other particular purpose. But if the trust needs to interact with the Italian legal or taxation system, you will need proper advice before setting it up. In many cases, foreign trusts will not be the best way for dealing with your foreign assets. Not only do they make you a potential target for a confusing tax audit in Italy, but you might also inadvertently be paying more tax and be less efficient from an inheritance tax point of view compared with other structures that enjoy greater recognition in Italy. As always, if you'd like to get in touch, please Google me, Andrew Lawford Spectrum. I'd be happy to discuss your particular situation. Finally, thank you to Jessica Zama for allowing me to interview her, and thanks to all of you for listening. Goodbye for now.